0: Hey, assalamualaikum. alaikum. So this podcast, I'm really excited, is the second Inspirational Woman. Um, today we're going to talk about Fatima bint Muhammad and uh, subhanAllah radhi Allah, and Hajj. I think every woman can learn something from this story and like usual we're going to be taking her story not just like telling the whole story we're just going to take snippets of it and say how can i live like her in 2020 making those connections for you so no worries we did all the hard work for you take a listen to the podcast and enjoy and don't forget to dm me if you have any questions about anything i talk about because inshallah this whole month we're focusing on how we can support you your growth and identity and helping you become the best version of yourself before ramadan comes in so you can have your best ramadan yet All right, let's listen to the podcast. Hello, Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, where we're bringing you podcasts twice a week. Now, we already started an um, inspirational Muslim women series that I know you guys have been raving about and giving me DMs all week long. We Last week, we did Khadijah anha, the uh, wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, because she is one of the four women who were promised paradise. And we know this from um, Ibn Abbas. He reported that the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said that the best of women among the people of paradise are Khadija bint Huwailid, Fatima bint Muhammad, Maryam bint Imran, and Asiya bint Muzahim, the wife of the pharaoh. And so, inshallah over the next couple weeks, we are just covering some of the women who have the most um, amazing examples of how to be a female on this earth, not being a prophet, not being a superhero, just regular women every day who can achieve um, amazing feats even though they went through really really difficult lives and so we're not comparing or taking examples from women that did things in 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 ways that we could never reach and in this podcast what we're doing is we're reaching not just their highlights of their stories we're not going to go through everything they have very long stories we're just going to take the most important parts of their stories and say how can I be like this amazing woman in 2021 and we're just connecting the dots for you So we're going to dive right into the podcast, but before I do, I just want to let you know, if you haven't already, do try to get on our book club list. We um, are starting our book club maybe within a week or two. A lot of people are asking me what we are reading. We haven't completely um, decided, but if you have your name on the list, you'll get an email with more information about it. And most likely, it'll be something about being a productive Muslim because Ramadan is coming, and we want to make sure that we're all ready to receive it and have our best Ramadan yet. And if you haven't noticed what we've been doing this February and we will continue to do in March is we're going to be bringing you tons of information on how you can work on yourself in your life. Whether it is your parenting, your emotions, your relationships, whatever it is, your spirituality and connection with Allah. We're just giving you tons of information that can help you Become the best version of yourself. And we think that the story of Fatima bint Muhammad, peace be upon her, is just another inspirational piece that will help us do that. Now, what's really amazing about um, Fatima is that she was the youngest child of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and she lived extreme poverty and struggle. She constantly saw her father being mistreated, insulted, and humiliated by the disbelievers. And she did not merely stand by, but joined in defense of her father and his noble mission. And she was described as the leader of the women of Jannah. And so when we think of women who were in the family of the Prophet, peace be upon him, you know, who doesn't you know, wish to be in this family of the prophet peace be upon him. We probably imagine some, you know, really ultra religious experience, some amazing experience. But I think what we don't focus enough on is the incredible psychological and emotional trauma that that family went through. I think if we flash back and we think about the fact that the prophet peace be upon him had a son and when the son passed away, you know, may Allah elevate him. Um, that his uncles and his family were laughing and making fun and announcing in the streets and mocking. I think if that happened to any of us by our uncles, if we had a miscarriage, um, that would just be extremely painful, right? But on top of that, what if everybody wants to kill you? They want to kill your family. Um, You know, you're living in poverty. I mean, there's so much that was difficult. I think we focus on the inspirational stuff and that's great, but I think what's even more inspirational is thinking about how they went through that and still came out on top as some of the most inspirational people or people that would promise paradise. And I, I would I would say what I would want to focus on is wait a minute, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala look at where he qualified them as such? Because some of these these women were not wives of or, or daughters of prophets. They were just regular women as well, and so we want to know what it was about them that was so incredible. And we're going to be highlighting those today. And so, you know, I want you to think about the fact that, well, what if you lived in this really bad situation? Someone went to kill your father. You lived in poverty. You lived in hardship. The whole town was mocking you. You know, what state would you be in emotionally? How would you respond to that? Would it be well or would you feel justified to yell back at people and, you know, be really nasty with people because you're saying, well, like, look how I'm being treated? Well, why do I bring this up? Because in this podcast, I want you to hear the story of Fatima, radiyallahu anha, and know that she lived struggle. She was not a prophet. She was a regular woman, even though she was obviously from a blessed family, but a human being nonetheless. Maybe her test was more than ours. Yes, we may feel bad in the moment of our lives of certain things, but her life was of constant life and death struggle. And there were wars and they had way less ease and comfort and technology and daily life than we did. Imagine she had all of that stress and strain and then she has to wash her clothes by hand, right? Everything was by hand. They didn't have smartphones and cars and dishwashers and electric and gas stoves. They had so much hard labor than we did. On top, you know, we, we say we can't handle our emotional stress, and yet we have so many modern conveniences. So, um, you know, she had it harder. And guess what? She didn't just survive and make it through, she thrived to the point of being promised paradise, subhanAllah. And therefore, you know, what I want to just focus on today is if she can do it, why do we assume that we cannot? Why do we feel defeated and lost on a daily basis? And and let me ask the big question. What is the thing that gave this woman so many reasons not to give up? How did she achieve the success that she did? How did she um, get picked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I'm going to tell you how. It's on one reason, one thing, her reaction. Her reaction to her struggle, her reaction to her pain, her reaction to her tests. In each test, sisters, there are two ways to react in any test in life, well or not so well. It is that simple. Either we have patience or we don't. Either we complain or we don't, and we grin and bear it. We whine and curse and fight or we don't. You know, and so I ask us, how are you doing? How are we reacting on a daily basis to our life stress? If you could score yourself from one to ten, honestly, what would you give yourself as far as your reaction? And could we react a bit better? Let's be fair. Could we try a bit harder and, and have a bit more faith and patience? Of course we can. We all can myself included. And so we all make mistakes every day. We're going to, you know, ask Allah for forgiveness, but making sure we're getting right back in and trying again. So let's just in the next 10 minutes, learn how Fatima reacted to her tests so that we can try to have even an ounce of her strength or more to give ourselves ease in this life and the next alhamdulillah for this opportunity to learn and reflect because so many were swiftly taken and not prepared right they didn't have time to reflect and fix themselves and stuff so alhamdulillah for this chance and allahumma ramadan may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to reach ramadan so we can reach the benefits of ramadan then and excel even better and a lot of you guys know in ramadan every year i have a ramadan experience where all of us come together as women especially in COVID. I think last year women said more than ever, like if that wasn't there for them, there is no community. A lot of us are stuck in our homes. And so I want you to know if you need that online support and motivation in Ramadan, we definitely, definitely have that within the Ramadan experience when that comes about. But let's focus today on somebody who obviously did really well in Ramadan and all the rest of the year, which is Fatima. Now, I want to highlight just maybe four things with Fatima, and that's it. The first one was that great children begin with great mothers. So um, Fatima said that I often witness my mother, says Imam Hussein he, he reported this. I often wit- witness my mother, now she's talking about Khadija radiallahu anha, absorbed in prayer from dusk to down. So she's saying I lived and grew up with my mother praying. Her generosity and com- and compassion for the poor was such that no destitute or beggar ever returned from her door unattained, unattended. And so what she's saying is my mother served. She served Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, she served her community. That child grew up in a house watching this woman Love and care for the meeskeen, the poor, and the in in the um the orphans and everyone else, and so that was the culture in her house, right? It wasn't like uh, Egyptian culture, Pakistani culture, Moroccan culture. The culture was empathy. The culture was love and, and Islam, where you're you're showing your Islam in your actions. You're not just like oh I'm Muslim, I pray pray prayers, I have my thobe on, and that's it. She embodied the Quran, like the Prophet, peace be upon him, embodied the Quran. So this is how they raise their kids. So I'm asking us as mothers who are listening to this podcast... Is that what you're doing for your child? Is that what I'm doing? You know, we're all trying our best. And maybe yesterday wasn't so great. Maybe tomorrow can be better. Let's just keep reminding ourselves, one another, that that we really, really have to try as best we can to do that. And she, she and her mother and her three elder sisters, Zaynab, ruqayya and Umm Qathum, accepted Islam, okay, and believed in their father as Allah's messenger from the very beginning. Now imagine... And this is another thing I think is hard for people to conceptualize. Like, okay, I want you to imagine your town right now, right? And all of a sudden, and I'm not saying, this is happening, the Prophet, peace be upon him, is the last prophet. We all know that. But I just, I want to create that experience. You know your neighbors, right? The people who live across the street from you. You know who lives on the left of you and the right of you. Let's pretend all of a sudden at night, you got this revelation that you are a prophet. And you come out of your house the next day. And you decide to announce to everyone on your block, that now you are the leader of a new religion. What is their response going to be to you? Yeah, exactly. They're going to be like, you're mad, you're crazy. What is that? And just completely make fun of you or not take you seriously or look at you as some kind of really weird threat. And that's what happened with the prophet, peace be upon him, to the point where he was not liked or accepted at all. And anyone in his family who then became the religion and followed him You know, like nowadays we call these things cults, right? Where people just come and they rise up and they have this entire thing and they follow it when it's a small group of people. well, obviously Islam is one of the biggest religions in the world now, so obviously it's not some small cult. And we realize that something, a silly statement like that wouldn't be true. But at the end of the day, in that time, you have to imagine it being in that household had to be extremely difficult for them, right? And she spent the early years loving her parents and defending him in, in, in Islam. And she protected protect her father against all the odds and all, you know, with her courage and her conviction. And it was really like to the point where it just became an, an, an a complete, total social and economic boycott where children sobbed with pains of hunger and mothers and sisters were tormented by the sight of loved ones suffering when they believed in for Islam. And during that period... Fatima, she showed exemplary courage, but this terrible time definitely left an effect on her health, which ended up lasting to the end of her life. And just the everyday chores like grinding wheat for bread. I don't know anyone here who's grinding wheat for bread, right? We were just picking it up at the store. So again, she's doing everything from beginning to end, fetching water. It left her just exhausted and, um, you know, it's just she lived a very, very difficult life. So again, like her mother... Right If you heard from podcast number one in the mini series, you see her character as paramount, right? What made her famous? What made her have points with the less with right it wasn 't all her likes and followers or her amazing fashion sense. all right These are all the ridiculous things that we focus on that let us know if somebody 's worth listening to or liking. But here we have Fatima who 's none of that she 's silently suffering, impoverished. And yet Allah picks her out of all the women in the world, only the top four. So let's continue to look at what she's doing, because out of two of the four women, promised Paradise came out of this household. So what does that tell us? Should we not then be working on our character, right? To better ourselves? if that character is something that Allah loves, are we doing that? Or might we be wasting our time in ways that we shouldn't and putting the wrong things like careers ahead of us and you know these other things which are really important, okay? Education, career, that's great. But how great is it when your character is all messed up? When you're not the best of, when you haven't fully developed yourself, but you're just so busy focusing on everyone else and on your goals and dreams and you're totally neglecting the fact that you're underdeveloped in your in your psychology or your emotion and in, in, in your sense of self and self-love. So we want to acknowledge that she she did that inner work. Now, Fatima did um, change. She tried to to change her father's status. She tried to stand behind him, you know, and uh, uh, Rasulullah said, um, the Prophet, peace be upon him. He was such a popular, loved and respected man among the Quraysh. The most important decisions that had to be made were referred to for his judgment. If people needed like valuable goods, they'd leave them in his care. He was trustworthy. He was reliable. He was the man that everybody turned to. And then he married Khadija radiallahu anha. And we told you in the last one, she was the wealthy, beautiful, well-sought-out businesswoman, an exporter and importer of her time. People were amazed at her. Both of them were like top of their game, right? Everybody wanted to be like them. And then they decided to announce one day that Prophet, prophet upon him announced that Allah, you know, was his God and he was a prophet and his whole life changed. And I want to imagine if you had like one million followers on Instagram and you had to now in front of all your followers, admit to them something that you knew they were all going to unfollow you for. I mean, how easy would that be? Now, I know that sounds like superficial, but unfortunately, that's where we are in this day and age. That's the stuff people care about and so he had to announce in front of all the people who liked him and respected him that oh no i have this new way of thinking now and it might not be something you guys like to hear but he had to do it anyway and he became really quickly the most unpopular and reviled man in all of Macca, and he was the center of objections and accusations uh, incredible and so there's this really big story that i know a lot of you are familiar with is about the camel and the inner strength of the Prophet, peace be upon him, he's highlighted in the story. And sometimes the story is told from the position of Fatima. Now, because we're talking about Fatima, we're gonna talk about her self-esteem and her defense of her father. And on this one occasion, the Prophet, peace be upon him, he went to the sanctuary of Makkah with some of his companions, right? And they started to pray. And the believers had just sacrificed, excuse me, the disbelievers had just sacrificed a camel. The filth and the bowels, like the innards of the camel, were lying there on the ground, right? That's pretty nasty, right? There was a horrible idea. They came to Abu Jahl. He asked amongst his friends, who would like to lift all this filth and pile it on the back of the Prophet, peace be upon him? Aqba bin Abi um, what? the lowest of the low of his friends, got up and was like, oh, I would love to do that. And he lifted up the bloody, filthy mass. And imagine when the Prophet, peace be upon him, is in sujood. He piles it all over him. And, you know, all of them broke into peals of laughter, and, you know, the news of it reached Fatima, because, you know, it's a small town, people talk. And she rushed to that sanctuary and she removed with her hands all the disgusting impurities. She just jumped right, you know, to her father. She wasn't like, ew, that's gross, I'm not touching that. No, she jumps right to her father and she just thinks about her love for him, her undying love for him and how horrible that must have made him feel. And, you know, men are not nice to men either, the same way that women make fun of women and they're all just like mocking him, right? Like, you're a loser, you're this, you're that, you're crazy, you're you're like a soothsayer, like, what is this? And she was just torn up by the brutal treatment of her father. And, you know, there were scenes of just vicious opposition and harassment against her father, even in the earliest days, that were witnessed by her every day. And when you love somebody, that's really hard. So I want you to know that she was under a lot of psychological stress, emotional stress all the time. But she did not meekly stand by. She joined in the struggle of defense of her father even to the point where they had certain wars. And, you know, just to really, really, she believed in her dad and she believed in what he stood for. So what I want you to imagine is this young girl, 16 years old, 17 years old, 18 years old, who could be easily hanging out with her friends and doing her own thing and caring all about herself and being selfish and self-centered and not helping anyone in the house and just being like, oh, it's my time you know, it's me, I have to take care of me now. Okay, so that is clearly not what she did. Instead, she's out feeding the poor. Instead, she's helping her, her dad get across this mission where everybody hates him, by the way, right? Instead, she's in the house with her mom helping her do all the chores because she wants to have bitter walidain and she wants to, you know, be a good daughter to her mom and help her mom out. This is incredible character. How many of our young people have this character? Or how many of them are just like really, really self-absorbed with their life and their dreams and everybody else can just take a backseat to to their obsessions, right? And so what we learn really quickly is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he loves this about her. He loves this sense of giving and loving and defending and standing up for what she believes in. And so I think she's just a beautiful example to our young girls of like, whatever you believe, just stand up for it. And if nobody agrees with you, that really doesn't matter as long as you believe it's true. And the last thing I wanna to touch on, because I know a lot of our women wanna get married, and if you're a parent listening to this, I want you to hear this too, because this, marriage, this, um, this point goes twofold. It goes for the parents about marrying their kids and it goes to the 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 young people in society that want to get married, and you know, when Ali ibn uh, Abi Talib, radiallahu anha, he asked the Prophet peace be upon him for his daughter's hand in marriage. The Prophet replied, "I will ask Fatima what she thinks of the proposal." He didn't say yes, yeah, sure, and get on the phone with all his his you know his his other you know guys in the family and they didn't start cooking up you know how they're gonna convince Fatima to marry him and he didn't call the mom he's like yeah let's make her marry this one he there was no brewing and it was just oh I'll ask my daughter if that is something she would like and then he went to Fatima now don't get me wrong he did like Ali so like any father he mentioned that there were some really great things about Ali but at the end he left it entirely up to his daughter. Now she just happened to like him too because like her father, she, she knew how to look for good people and she accepted him. But guess what? She didn't choose a guy who had an amazing career that was going to provide for her really well. She didn't choose a guy who had an amazing degree. Now, yes, there weren't colleges like there were then, but there were still esteemed people of education. No, she didn't choose that either. She wasn't choosing fame. She wasn't choosing education and and this, this, you know, great house that he was. Oh, oh, no, What don't let them get married till he buys that house, you know, where he and he has that, that, that they don't have vehicles. So it'd be like a really expensive camel. Like they didn't wait until he was all set up. They didn't wait until he got some amazing. He went back home and he got some amazing degree under some sheikh and came back nowadays we are delaying marriage for our children until that guy is financially set up when it's in a time in society where it's hard to get set up you're not going to get set up for five or six years so what's going to happen to those young people right they're going to have fitna they're going to end up sinning and doing whatever because we're holding them back so i just want to make it really clear here the prophet peace be upon him did not require his daughter to do whatever he wanted he asked her what she wanted and the prophet peace be upon him he didn't go and look for some guy that had all these qualities that we look for today, which are, have nothing to do with the Quran and Sunnah. And I know you guys know who took, recently took my um, free class on marriage. I taught you guys about how we have to know about these four areas. And these were the areas, obviously, based on the Prophet, peace be upon him, how he married his daughters. I mean, I don't know about you, but wouldn't you want to know how the Prophet married his daughters? Because he has the best of examples. He's promised paradise his daughter's promised paradise, his wife is promised paradise. I mean, don't we all want to have paradise? So why would we not wonder or even look into how they married their children? Because when I teach you guys these types of things in my class, that's where I'm getting the information from. So it just kind of puts me in awe that people don't even think that's something they should look into. And yet they want paradise. And your spouse is considered half of your dean, which obviously takes you to paradise or not to paradise so i i really implore to women if you haven't already dm me so at least i can get you any of our resources related to that but what i want you to know about ali ibn talib is that in the end she married him right and the last points i'm making in in, in this podcast is she didn't have fine clothes or a comfortable life so parents no he doesn't have to be like that well well what do you mean i want my daughter to be taken care of Okay, but that's not how she gets taken care of because one of the things out of many things that I teach about to women all the time is his character. And if you haven't noticed the theme here, Khadija had a great character. The Prophet had a great character. Fatima had a great character. Ali, who's her husband, had a great character. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. How much of us are developing our character? Let's be real. And when Ali suggested to her to ask for a maid from the father, you know, her father suggested that she just makes more daa because her father didn't want her to get spoiled and have maids and things like that. He didn't want that. And you know, Fatima had three sons, Al-Hassan, Al-Hussein, and Muhsin. And she had three daughters, Ruqayah, Zainab, and Kalthum, And Muhsin and Rakayah died in childhood. So now we are talking about a mother who has her father being trying to be murdered. She is hated by society and mocked and made fun of. She's impoverished. And her two children die. You want to talk about emotional and psychological trauma and stress. And so what I want our women nowadays to know is you may be going through something right now. A lot of you guys saw the email that I sent out just last week. You guys might be going through something. But how you respond to what you're going through is really, really important. And, you know, what will make Allah happy with us? What makes you happy? What will satisfy you? Materialism in in a good life? For example, Fatima radiallahu anha, you know, we can focus on her poverty. We can focus on the aggression of her community against her and her family. But we can also we can say, Oh my gosh, her life was so horrible, poor Fatima, right? But we can also look at the good in her life, her amazing mother, her amazing household, her amazing husband, her father, who is one of the best teachers in the entire world, that we all follow his lessons every day. Or how about the religion? that gave her peace in her heart every day throughout the hardship i encourage you sisters to focus your thinking in thinking well of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on acknowledging all the good in your life equal to or not or even more so to the bad most of us just focus on the bad and so we only see the bad i don't have this or that's hard for me okay but what do you have And what is easy for you that you're not acknowledging enough. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I am like my servant thinks of me. So let's just recap here a minute on some of the things that we learned from the story of Fatima and how we can apply them today to our life. Number one, amazing children begin with amazing parents. Parents who are listening to this, if you haven't already, work on yourself. A lot of you guys know, and I hear it from you guys all the time, on how much your emotions are taking a toll on you. You're stressed, you're anxious with COVID, maybe um, you're depressed even, suicidal. And I know that's happening and I'm just gonna be really real and mention it here. But I want you to know is, and I was thinking about this the other day and just like this comparison. If you think about a person who's homeless, it's really hard for them to think about their spiritual elevation when they're hungry right if they're literally hungry they haven't eaten all day or two three days no one's it's it's called the hierarchy of needs right you can't start thinking about your spiritual elevation when you're literally starving it just doesn't make any sense it's a huge distraction likewise okay if we as women don't get our emotions together if we're constantly having these crazy negative thoughts if we're constantly emotionally a hot mess how great do you think our man is going to be Your Iman is like that spiritual elevation. You can't get there because your emotions are weighing you down. You can't get there because you can't stop thinking negatively all day, every day, right? So that's why I made that free class for you guys. That way you can go in there and you can say to yourself, okay, like I'm going to learn how my mind works so that I can turn my emotions on and off like a light switch, that I can figure out like exactly how to handle my anxiety and depression and stress so that it doesn't get to the point where I can't even pray on time or pray at all or you know treat my spouse correctly or whatever because I don't have a good mental state so if that is something you're struggling with you guys know you can dm me and there's a tons of other resources that we have for free and mindful muslim that can help you with all those things but please do not neglect those part of being an amazing parent and having amazing kids is being an amazing parent. You can't be an amazing parent when you don't feel good. It's really, really hard. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, number two, praises good character over beauty and external perfection, okay? Khadija was beautiful, yes, okay? I'm sure some of her good looks got past the Fatima because the Prophet peace be upon him was good looking too, but they weren't known for their good looks. It was like sidebar. It wasn't like the main attribution. They weren't like these amazing influencers, okay? They were just... People who happen to be beautiful, but more so were beautiful from the inside. And that's something that I think sounds so cliche, but it's honestly where the value of a human being lies, right? Number three, our life is as good as we see it. If every day you want to focus on all the garbage in your life and what's not working out for you and woe is me, then guess what? When you open up your window and you walk out your door, you're going to notice every negative thing all day because you've already put a big dark cloud over your head. But if you want to focus on the good and you want to say, you know what, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is good for me. Alhamdulillah for this and alhamdulillah for that. If you're pivoting your, your, your attitude to the positive... Your day's gonna be better. Your week's gonna be better. Your month and your year, because you are you're you're doing like what Allah says. I am what my servant thinks of me. If you're thinking well of Allah, things will be easier for you. So I suggest that for you as well. And the last things are, um, with all of her poverty and hardship, I doubt that Fatima, right, she'd probably end up in Forbes magazine or in Vanity Fair or in Vogue as the most amazing woman that got recognized by all of society. Oh no, she was not recognized by society and yet she was promised paradise and very much recognized by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala above all women. So what does that tell us? That tells us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's standards are not like society's standards. And yet each day our women get called to look at, you know, fashion, education, all these other things as being more important than being a good person. You know, you you gotta like get a job so you could prove people, that you're good, that you're successful in life, or you gotta have this degree, or you gotta have like this type of look or this type of clothes to like prove your worth, and that's just a bunch of nonsense. And I think the more we buy into that, um, the more it's just gonna make us suffer. And and FYI, if we're all going for paradise, that's clearly not the way to get there anyway. So why are we even wasting our energy? Again, education is important; those things are important, but they take a backseat to good character. And lastly. Um, Just as a positive note, hard work is always rewarded. Based on our efforts and reactions, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he notices every difficult thing you're going through right now. You have a lot of pain inside your chest. Maybe not everybody understands you. You don't feel like everybody hears you. You're not being understood or heard or seen. And at the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saw all her suffering. Complete poverty, complete sufferation and and psycholo- and to the point where she was just like got physically ill at eighteen. You know, she passed away as a young person from the level of stress and strain. And you say like, Oh, that's such a tragedy, right? But at the end of the day, she's in a way better place than us. And I'm not saying that you have to go through all that to get to paradise. That just happens to be her story. But the point is as much bad as she had in her life she had so much good she had good that many of us we would oh i wish i lived in the in the prophet's house oh do we because that's the struggle that was there but again i just want to like sum it up our reaction to our problems is really what is the difference it's the furqan it's the criteria between those who are successful and those who are not. And so overall, if we didn't learn anything else in this podcast is the reason Fatima is amazing is because she was raised by good examples. So parents, we have to do our best and keep trying to correct yourself. It takes time, nobody's perfect. And then that her character was more than her beauty in terms of good and that how she focused on on the good and it got her through and her love for Islam and she stood up for what she believed in. And at the end of the day, she, she always remembered and thought well of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She could have just said a lot of bad things. Oh Allah, look at my life. Right? But instead she was like, alhamdulillah, I know for a reason. And at the end, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded her for the way she reacted and responded to all of her challenges. So I want to encourage you today to just do the same thing. No matter what you're going through, take the lessons from Fatima and just try to apply them in your life. And even if it's just one of them, you don't have to do all of them, even if it's just two of them. And then inshallah, we will catch you on the next podcast where we will be talking about uh, the third amazing Muslim women. But before that, in between these podcasts, I am bringing on different other topics and we have an amazing topic of hijab i know so many of you guys love to talk about fashion stuff like that we have an amazing sister that's coming on and she's going to give us some insight into the fashion industry and hijab and kind of like um, a lot of things that we need to think about in terms of how we are choosing how we dress and go out and about every day all right thank you guys for um joining the podcast inshallah bi-sum-ta'ala. i hope you have an amazing weekend and i will catch you on monday inshallah rahmatullahi warahmatullahi wabarakatuh